Howdy folks, this is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. And I'm thankful for Ty. I, I am. He's a great addition to save the cowboy and, and to my life. And um, I had breakfast with a fella this week, and he even said, he said, man, Ty is doing such an amazing job. I've, it's fun to watch somebody grow. I mean, anybody remember him the first time he got up here? He looked down like this and played with the cord the whole time. <laughs> he has come a long, long ways, which is better than my first time. I took the cord away, took his binky away. Of course, that's better than the first time I ever preached because I just got up there and kind of peed. So I was so scared. So anyway, welcome to Save the Cowboy. You can. This is joyful. I know we got a lot of people here because some people did their homework and, and brought somebody. So we've got some new people here today. Um, we, we're going to tell you about Jesus Christ and, and how to how to live for Him. This is we, we call this a clinic. You know, this is not a church service where we get served by God, and, and God needs nothing from us. But we are here to worship Him. And uh, I'd like to say welcome to the people that are here for the first time today, and welcome to the people that are listening on the radio. We are on the radio in five states. I heard back from several people this week. The uh, cowboy out of, uh, well, I don't know exactly where he's out of, but he listens to us on 10, 10 a.m. at 7.30, and he said every single week he's sure that he's in the feed truck by 7.30 so that he can attend church uh, with Save the Cowboy. So that's amazing. And we, we got a lot of people watching online um, right now. Um, I saw Stacy and Jamie and Crystal and Annette and Larry and Jim and Debbie, and those are just the ones that made a comment. So welcome to y'all online. Uh, it, it, is, it is an amazing technology that allows us to spread the Word of God. Here at Save the Cowboy, this is a sick pen for sinners. This is not a show ring for saints. Okay, We're not here to pat ourselves in the back and say, look at us. We're here to fall down on our knees and say, look at God. Okay, so um, Ezekiel 34, 16 says, I will look for those that are, this is God talking. Love this verse. I will look for those that are lost, bring back those that have strayed away, bandage those that are injured, and strengthen those that are sick. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. And I'm just so thankful that we get the opportunity to live in a country where we can worship together like this. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 9. Or if you have the Save the Cowboy app, if you're one of the cool kids, it doesn't matter if you got Android or iPhone or whatever, you can get the Save the Cowboy app and it has a Bible on there. You can watch us live. Um, did anybody get the notification a while ago? Hey, Jason did. He's the only one in here that's got the app. Cool. And uh, no, we send out a little deal that says that, you know, hey, we're live. You can watch right now. And the viewership is going through the roof. So that's amazing. We, we got about 3,000 people that watch every week. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Mark chapter 9. The, probably the worst. Somebody got in a wreck with a donut up here. 
That's cool. <laughs> I was going to talk about a wreck, and it looked like somebody had a head-on collision with a donut truck. And so, uh, anyway, probably one of the worst wrecks that I ever got in was I, I was uh, starting a colt, and I had him in the round pen, and he was, he was going pretty good in the round pen. Just kind of one of those skittish horses that, you know, just no matter what you did, I mean, I tried to ride pretty, uh, pretty loose and calm because they'll, they'll pick up on, on how you feel. If you get on one and you're all like this, that's going to make them nervous too. You know, so I, I did everything I could, but he was still just kind of one of those skittish colts, you know. He'd kind of lunge forward and kind of, not real spooky, just skittish. But he was going real good in the round pen, and I decided that, hey, I, I guess it's time to, to take him out into the water lot. And so my dad got on, on Hanos. Now, Hanos, uh, um, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think... Abraham of the Bible started Hanos. He was kind of an old horse. And um, so dad got on Hanos and he was just going to kind of ride with me, not snub or anything, just ride out there with me. And so I got this horse and I got it outside in this big water lot. And, and, I, and this is going to be, it's going to be kind of hard to explain, but imagine that this stage right here is, is the pen outside the round pen. So you got the round pen over here and there's a little a little pen, and then the water lot would be this whole building right here. Well, I got him out there, and I rode him in that little pen for a second. Seemed like he was doing fine. Throw the gate open, because, you know, any, any, anybody can kind of ride in the round pen and in a little pen, but the proof is in when you get him out. Well, I, I got him outside and, and, and shut the gate and got on him, and anyway, we started kind of walking around. Everything seemed good, so kind of struck into a trot, and it was kind of one of those that, you know, like, trot this speed and then kind of speed up and slow down and he just like real unsure because we was out it's amazing because he's just somewhere different and then he kind of took off and he started kind of loping and I thought okay I'm not going to go to jerking on him or anything I'm just going to stay cool and calm and collected and he picked up speed and he picked up speed and he picked up speed and now we're like man from snowy river in it okay and this water lot was not just real big. It was probably an acre or so. And he is flying around the perimeter of this deal. Now remember, this is the water lot over here. This is the pen. And just about five feet outside the pen is the boundary fence. So there's this little lane. And then there's wire at the end. And then there's 55-gallon barrels that we use for trash barrels. So we're going at Mach 50A, and we're going around, and I'm thinking, he's coming down this way now, and I'm like, don't go in right there. Don't go in right there. So that whole deal of calm and collected and not pulling on him changed to, ah! I was jerking on him, and that just made it worse. We hit that net wire going full speed, and I had jerked both my feet out of the stairs because I just knew we were going to hit that fence, fly over it, and then I was going to land on 55-gallon barrels, and the horse was going to land on top of me. Luckily, that did not happen, but we did hit, and we hit hard. But he had slowed down just enough, and I didn't come off, thank goodness. And he kind of bounced off. And you ever seen those WWE wrestlers where they bounce somebody off the rope, and then they clothesline them? That's what's fixing to happen. So we hit that and he kind of bounces back from that fence and he turns around and he whirls and he takes off the other way. 
So I'm trying to get my stirrups back and I quit pulling on him and we're running. Dad has like made it to the first corner now on Hanos. Dad's out here like this, like a barrel racer trying to help me and he can't do nothing. So we're coming back around, right? We're flying around and we come around and he's headed right back for the gate. Now this pin right here is two inch oil field pipe, top rail and post with net wire everywhere else. Now when it, a horse's job given by God, anytime there's net wire, is to stick his head through it and push it down. God just made them that way. And that's what had happened. And the wire was pushed down about this far. And we are flying around and we're headed right for the pen. And I'm thinking, he's going to stop. He's going to stop. He's going to stop. He didn't stop. He went through. He jumped through an opening about like this. He was so scared. And that two-inch top rail caught me right in the chest as he went through. Now, if that's not bad enough, I kind of seen what happened. And I let loose some four-letter words. It sounded like, Aah! And so he went through, and I grabbed the bar as it came through, and he mashed me up against that pipe as he went under. Well, both my feet hung in the stirrups. And so when he went, my legs went with him. So I'm like this, right? Well, whenever my legs popped out of the stirrups, I let go, and the fence was still up about this far. And so I landed, and it bent me in half because the wire is still holding, right? So you think it can't get any worse, but it does. Because what happens is you don't really, when you get bent over like that, you don't fall towards your legs, you fall towards your head. And so my head went down and my feet came up and I hit both shins right on that deal that had just caved my chest in. And luckily for me, the pipe stopped my legs and now I just fell straight on my head. There was not any oxygen in the entire world. I could not breathe. I kind of rolled over and my dad gets there about this time and he jumps up like a cat. He jumps off like a calf roper. He'd gone from a barrel racer to a calf roper. And he runs up there and he turns me over and I'm like frothing at the mouth. I can't breathe. I can't speak. There's just ringing in my ears and he's going. <laughs> and finally the, the dinging stops and I hear him say, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, Inside, I was thinking, this is it. Anybody remember Sanford and Son? Oh, Lord! Oh, Lord! This is it. I was like, I'm dying. I'm dying. And then, about the time I had made my peace with God, He gave air back. And I... <gasps> and Dad was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Life flashed before me. And he goes, can you get back on? <laughs> That's a dad's way of saying, are you sure everything's okay? <laughs> I told him, go get the gun. I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> no, we didn't shoot it. We didn't shoot it. There's another story not near as funny of another boy that gets in a wreck in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14. Now, I'm going to read out of the Simplified Cowboy Version. 
Now, I, I, get, I get some flack for the Simplified Cowboy Version because this is just a paraphrase of what the Bible says, but it's just kind of put in words that, that I think cowboys can understand. I'm not trying to change the Word of God. This is not the Word of God. This is my interpretation of the Word of God. It's no different than if I said, John 3.16 says that, that God loves us so much that He sent His boy to save us and that anybody who believes in Him will live forever. Now, that's not exactly what the Bible says, but that's what it says, okay? This is Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 14, simplified cowboy version. When they got back to the other cowboys, now the cowboys are the disciples, and they mean Jesus, James, John, and Peter. They had just been up on the mountain where God had appeared with Moses and Elijah. Okay, So those four are coming back down. It says, when they got back to the other cowboys, they saw a bunch of people arguing and yelling. As soon as they spotted Jesus, they ran to Him. What's all the squabbling and bickering about, Jesus asked. One of the men from the crowd spoke up quickly. Jesus, I brought my son to be healed by you. He is possessed by an evil spirit that keeps him from talking, and every once in a while, it throws my boy to the ground. It scares the tar out of me because he starts a foaming at the mouth while gnashing his teeth. He then becomes as rigid as a felled lodgepole pine. I asked your cowboys for help but they was useless. Jesus told them all, do I have to do everything myself? <laughs> I mean, you know, let, let, let's, let's get kind of the picture here. You know, everybody thinks of this, you know, Care Bear Jesus that's just so nice to everybody. This is, Jesus is God, okay? This is what He says. Do I have to do everything myself? What are y'all going to do when I'm gone? But bring that boy over here. They brought the boy over, and when the devil inside him saw Jesus, it threw the boy on the ground in a violent seizure. The boy was foaming and frothing at the mouth like a rabid coyote. How long has this been going on, Jesus asked. The father replied, since he was just knee high. This devil has been throwing my poor son in the water and even in the Brandon fire a time or two trying to kill him. I can't let him out of my sight, and I am more plumb out. Will you help us if you can? Then comes one of the most amazing verses in all of the Bible. One of the most amazing verses. I hope that this also becomes one of your favorites. Now, you, I, you probably never heard me say this, but I would like you to memorize some Scripture. And the best way to memorize is not by just sitting there listening. I want you all to repeat after me. Say Mark 9.23. One more time. Where is it at? Mark this is Mark 9.23 right here. The father replied, now this is the verse before it, since he was knee high, this devil has been throwing my poor son in the water and even the Brandon fire time or two trying to kill him. I can't let him out of my sight and I'm more plumb out, sir. Will you help us if you can? And here's Mark 9.23. What do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? That's Jesus talking. He says, will you help us if you can? And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? And then he says this, nothing is impossible for a man that believes. Nothing is impossible for a man that believes. The power of God. Did you know that right there is the key to everything that we all need? What we need is found. Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? Nothing is impossible for a man that believes. See, God wants you to have an impossible life. See, I think that too often 
we as Christians, we walk around just kind of, you know, thinking that, that everything's just going to be normal and we're scared to ask God for anything, or if we do ask God for anything, it's just kind of normal stuff that the world can give. But that's not Jesus. Jesus wants to give you the impossible. More importantly, vastly more important is this right here. God wants to do the impossible through you, not necessarily for you. I'm not saying that He won't do it for you, but the whole idea of Christianity is for Christians to go out there and gather God's pasture, telling people the good news. Jesus is the example that we are supposed to follow, and Jesus' whole ministry was telling people the good news that He was going to do for them what they can't do for themselves. In other words, He obeyed the law. He was going to be perfect. Everything was going to be through through Jesus, but He was going to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And He wants you to do the same thing. God wants you to have an impossible life. God wants to do the impossible through you. As a matter of fact, in John 14, 12, the power of God, Jesus talks about it so much, He says this right here. Listen, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Jesus right here says, y'all are going to do the same things I'm doing. Y'all are Everything that y'all see me doing that you think is impossible, I want to do through you and even greater things because I'm going to be with the Father. He wants to do great things through every single one of you. But we have to understand that, that Jesus is saying, what do you mean, if I can? God's power is available for each and every one of us sitting here today. And we're going to figure out in just a minute how to latch on to that. Not for our own good, so that God can do amazing, impossible things through us. Here's a warning though. Just because Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? All things are possible for a man that believes, right? I hope everybody understands that. And then Jesus said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. There's another verse that said, ask anything in my name and it will be given unto you. I mean, there, there's tons of promise of the power that is available to us for other people to work through us for the benefit of other people. But in doing so, we reap the benefits ourselves. Now, if you do it for that reason, that's the warning here. The warning is God cannot be controlled. I see too many people that are praying selfish prayers and that are asking God for impossible things, and then they try to make God do it by saying, in Jesus' name I ask this. You're not going to control God. It's not like the little rub the lamp and the genie comes out and he's bound by some genie law to obey you. That is not the case right there. Jesus did everything he did for one reason and one reason only, to show others the love of God and to reveal God's glory. And if what you are asking for, for somebody else, or even for yourselves, is going to bring God all the glory, yeah, he's liable to do it. The power of faith. So, so we, we got to the part, he says, the dad asks, will you help if you can? Will you help if you can? And Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, what do you mean, if I can? Nothing is impossible 
for the man that believes. And this is what the dad answers back with. I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. Does that sound weird to anybody else? I do believe, but help me overcome my belief. Because I'm willing to bet that in some form or fashion, that's what every one of us were thinking in here. Man, this preacher is up here and he's telling me that the power of God, that nothing is impossible, and that, uh, that I can do greater things than even Jesus did. He even talked about a scripture where Jesus said, if you ask for anything in my name, it will be given to you. I want to believe that, but part of me doesn't. That's what, the, that, that's what the dad is saying right here. He says, I do believe, but help me overcome my belief. Listen, it is not the quantity of faith, but the object of it that makes God's power in your life possible. That makes sense? Let me read that again. It is not the quantity of your faith, but the object of it that makes God's power in your life possible. It's not, Jesus doesn't say, well, let's check your faith gauge. Huh? I can't do anything there. You don't have enough faith. Okay? That, that, that would put God's power uh, dependent upon you. God's power is not dependent upon us. Our faith, the power of it, isn't in how much we have, but the object of where that faith lies. And that faith should lie in God and God alone, including the Son, who is, He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. Me and Him are one. And then the Holy Spirit is, is part of that too. One God in three persons. Okay, It's the object of that faith that makes things possible, not the amount of faith we have. Now a lot of you may say, and everybody knows the mustard seed, right? Well, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, that's a quantity. He was trying to say that it, it's not about the quantity. Even if you have a little bit. But that, that dad says something that is so honest, so true. And I think that that's why Jesus was touched, was because of this man's honesty. He said, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. We all need help. Even the preacher needs help with his faith sometimes. I mean, it's great when we get in here in church and, and we talk about God and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens whenever you get home? Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the backside of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. What happens when, you know, you're out there chopping ice or the cows get out or, you know, your horse starts colicking? I mean, there's just tons of things that happen that can shake that belief. And we need God's help in order to have the kind of faith in God that we need to have. Here's another warning, okay? In the power of faith... Faith is not positive thinking, but a gift from God that we should ask for every single day. Okay, look, the, the two may sound like they're really close, but thinking positive and having faith in God are two separate things. Thinking positive is just kind of like, 
Oh, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Positive thinking has a lot to do with you. Faith in God has everything to do with God. Okay? There, there, there's a difference there. The object of our faith is what makes things possible with God. The power of God. God wants you to have an impossible life. He wants to do things that seem impossible through you. God wants you to know the power of faith. Not in positive thinking for your own good, but faith in Him. The power of prayer. So this guy brings a boy that's possessed by a demon. Some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, I don't know if I believe all that. You know what, I don't, I don't care. Let, let's just focus on the big picture here. A guy has brought his son to be cured by... Well, he brought him to the disciples and they couldn't do anything about it. So Jesus gets back and the dad talks to Jesus and Jesus says, okay, I'll handle it. And, and um, so that's where we pick up. After he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my, my unbelief. Jesus saw that quite a crowd was starting to take notice of what was going on. So some people started gathering around. Okay? This boy has just thrown himself on the ground. He's shrieking. He's frothing at the mouth. I mean, this ain't a good picture. This ain't that happy picture. Jesus saw that quite a crowd was starting to take notice of what was going on. His words latched onto the evil spirit as Jesus said, You that is tormenting this boy, I command you to leave and never show your face again. The demon caused the boy to be thrown to the ground one last time as it did as Jesus commanded and hightailed it out of there. The boy lay there still on the ground and many folks started murmuring that he was dead. Jesus says, get out of here. Get on. And as that demon leaves, man, he just pile drives that kid right into the ground. Can you imagine a little boy being treated like that? And he's just laying there motionless. And everybody starts, oh, he's dead. He's dead. Jesus just killed him, right? But Jesus reached down and took hold of the boy and he stood up. How many of you here feel like things in your life have just reached an uncontrollable part? You don't tell anybody about it, but I mean, things just, you worry constantly, you don't know what's going on, you wish things were different, you, you've tried some things, you know, you've read your self-help books and that doesn't work, and you've tried positive thinking and that doesn't work. But how many of you need to hear a word from God and to have Him reach down and lift you up and get you standing back on your feet. Later, when Jesus was alone with His disciples, they asked Him, why couldn't we get rid of that demon? Jesus said this, prayer is the only thing that will whip those kind. Prayer is the only thing that will whip those kind. The power of God. He wants to do impossible things through your life. The power of faith is not in the quantity of faith we have, but the object of which that faith lies, and that is in God. And Jesus says right here, that kind, prayer is the only thing that will whip that kind. The power of prayer is not in the words that we say, but in the one who hears them. A lot of people, I hear them say, well, I don't, I don't know how to pray. I, you know, I, don't, I don't know what to say. You know what? The power of prayer is not in the words that we say, but in the one who hears them. Never, never, never think that your prayer is not the most powerful thing in the world. And you know what? We should pray for each other. I'm not saying that I do not want y'all to come ask me for prayer because it is biblical. The Bible does teach that if any of you are sick, take it to the church and the church leadership will come and pray over those that are sick and they will be healed. So please, by all means, 
Come to me. Come to Ty. We will pray over them. Okay? But nobody's prayer is ever more powerful than your own. Why? Is because this. When Jesus died on the cross and he says, it is finished, there was a curtain in the temple. There was a little room that had the Ark of the Covenant and it was called the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go in there and he could only go in there one time a year to atone for the sins. Basically, he was going before God every year to offer a blood sacrifice. He sprinkled blood on the mercy seat and there was this whole ordeal. But when Jesus says, it is finished, that curtain, which was four inches thick, that separated God from everybody else, was torn from top to bottom. Not from the bottom to the top, the top to the bottom. And what did that signify? That all of us could now approach God ourselves. You do not have to go through me for God to hear your prayers. Hebrews 4.16 says, For now we can go boldly up to the throne of grace. We can go boldly to the throne of grace. What that is saying is that God hears you and you can walk right up to His throne and it's called the throne of grace. What is grace? God doing something for you that you don't deserve and you can't do on your own, but He's willing to do those. Isn't that amazing that we can go boldly to the throne of grace when we are undeserving? when we don't deserve it, when there's nothing that we can do, when we throw all of our self-reliance upon God and say, God, have mercy on me, He says, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. Not because you deserve it, but because of who I am and I love you so much. And you go to that throne of grace in prayer. Not me. You don't have to come through me. You don't have to go through Ty. You don't have to go through some TV person to get to God. Every single one of you can go boldly to the throne of grace through the power of prayer because the power of prayer is not in the words that we say. The power of prayer is not in our actions. A lot of people say, well, Jesus said go into your closet and pray. Yes, He did, but that's not that genie rubbing the lamp that if you go into your closet, God is somehow has to answer your prayers. That just gets our heart right. The power of prayer is not in the words, it's not in the actions, it's not in our accomplishments. The power of prayer is in the one who hears them. Tips for going to the throne of grace. Number one, powerful relationship results in powerful prayer. Powerful relationship results in powerful prayers. The Bible says that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And what righteousness is, is being one with God. Being right in God's eyes. And there's only one way for us to be righteous. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, having Jesus in our hearts, accepting Him as our Savior, depending on what He did, not on what we do, is how we are made with, right with God. And the power, the right... A little bit got going too fast there. I'm not an auctioneer. I'm, Lee's going to have to teach me. The prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Tips for powerful prayer. Powerful relationship with Jesus will result in powerful prayers. It gets our heart right. We start praying for the right things. Not those selfish things. Not those positive thinking things. Number two, avoid just and only when you are praying. But And the world's worst at this. God, if you could just... And then you fill in the blanks. God, if you could only... See, just and only 
kind of reveal a selfishness to us, and it also reveals a limiting factor. Throw just and only out. You know what I'm praying for? Here's what I'm praying for. God, I pray that in 2016, You will bring the money to build our indoor arena, our headquarters, out at the church property, and we're going to do it debt-free, and we're going to do it for one reason, one reason only, because I have a goal for Save the Cowboy to give away 100% of tithes and offerings. That's what I want. Not, God, could you just get us a loan so that we could build a building? No, I want it paid for, free and clear. God is the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can come up with a little bit of money to put an indoor arena down there so we can get together and bring in those that are lost and those that have strayed away those that are hurting, so that we can, we can make a, a, a church out of our community, not drag the church out of the community. And I don't want Save the Cowboy to be about money. I want to be able to say, when you put something in that offering box, we give it away. We give it to the Boys Academy in Guatemala, or we'll help you adopt a child, or whatever. I don't care. I just want to give it away. How many of y'all just thought of a Red Hot Chili Pepper song right then? Thank you. Me too. Me and our magazine editor. <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. That's going to be our theme song. We're going to have to learn that, Ty. Tips. <laughs> I'll get on it. Tips for powerful prayer. Powerful relationship results in powerful prayer. Avoid just and only that mentality, that limited thinking. Number three, if you don't talk that way, don't pray that way. Okay? Is <laughs> it? I just, I, this is the most, some of the funniest things in the world to me are some of the most like, I'm guilty of that. There was this guy at a place I used to go to church, and, and I, I love this guy. Please don't think that I'm criticizing him. I'm not. But he was a great guy to talk to, but whenever he started praying, he was asked to close us in prayer a lot, and this was a little tiny church, like, you know, first two rows was all that it was. And he would stand up and he'd say, God, we just come to you, Heavenly Father, and we just ask you, Heavenly Father, that you just be with us, Heavenly Father, that we might become Heavenly Father who, Heavenly Father, you have made us to be, Heavenly Father. I didn't hear anything he said because I'd sit there and count the Heavenly Fathers, and then I'd turn to my wife and I'd say, he got up to 32. She'd be like, shh. I'm like, well, I mean, nobody talks like that. And if you talk like that, I mean, being fancy with your prayers doesn't make them better. You know, I, I, mean, I, heard a, I heard a buddy of mine one time that said that he asked his kid, has anybody here ever asked their kid to pray before a meal? Here's my son's prayer. Uh, he talks to God just like he talks to everybody else. It's amazing. Uh, God, thanks for the food. Uh, Thanks for mom and dad, dishwashers, Riley unloading and loading it. Thank you for my skateboard and my scooter. Help me to do gnarly tricks. Amen. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the way my son prays. And you know what? I love that, man. That, that's who he is. And I think that God hears those prayers. As funny as that is, I think that that prayer is better than the, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank Thee, Heavenly Father. <laughs> Suddenly we become William Shakespeare incarnate. You don't have to talk Shakespearean English to talk to God. Just go to Him. Talk to Him. I was telling you about that friend. He, he asked his daughter to pray one time, and she goes, Yeah, God help us. 
That was her whole prayer. I love it. I love it. I mean, what else can you say? God help us. And somebody is going to pray that today, I promise you. And it'll be a great prayer. Number three, if you don't talk that way, don't pray that way. Number four, keep praying. Keep praying. That's biblical. There's a verse that says, keep on asking. It's a, it's a parable of the persistent widow that just keeps asking and keeps asking and keeps asking and God finally answers her prayer. That does not mean, once again, that God is obligated to answer your prayer because you've prayed for it for a long amount of time. But this is what it does mean. If you can pray about it for years, that means that it's true to your heart. That consistent prayer for the same thing over and over and over and over, it reveals our true heart. Because how many of us, man, we pray like today, we're like, oh God, if you could just do this, and I really need this, I and that's the only time you ever pray about it. We've all been there. We've done that. But you know what? When you pray about something for years, I mean, you are going boldly to the throne of grace. It truly means something to you. And I think that God, He cannot be controlled, but He is compassionate. Keep praying. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. It's not going to make God magically answer your prayer, but it, boy, it sure does get our hearts right. And that's what God's looking for. Number five. This is the last one. No is an answered prayer. No is an answered prayer. And it's the correct answer. I mean, everybody knows Garth Brooks' unanswered prayers. Well, they were answered. He said no. I, I, I mean, I, I remember as vividly as, all, as anything else, I was trying to get this job within my company where I could work from home a couple of days a week. The owner flew in his personal big plane to Fort Stockton to meet with me about my proposal. We sat down. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be getting to work from home and I can be closer to the church and I can spread God's Word. And he said, he opened it up and he goes, I love this. I'm like, yeah. Ba-ching! Ka-chow! <laughs> A bunch of movie references today. And he goes, I love this so much I hired somebody to work from home full time to do it. Could you love it a little bit less and just let me do it like three days a week? I can change some of this stuff. On the way home, Christy couldn't wait for me to call her. I called her. She said, how did he go? How did it go? I said, he loved it. She goes, oh, I'm so glad. I said, he loved it so much he hired somebody else to do it full time from home. Cricket, cricket. And then she said something, if I've ever heard God speak more clearly through somebody, I heard him say this. She said, honey, if you thought this was the best thing ever, and God said no, that just means he has something better planned for you. And you know what? She was right. Look at where we are today. If I would have got that, I might still be there. Thinking that working from home two days a week was all of that. Now I get to day work every single day. We've got, we have a ranch out here where we spread God's word, where we raise food for people, where we train cowboys and cowgirls. And that is a result of the power of God. That is a result of a powerful faith in God, not a powerful faith of quantity of the preacher or the wagon boss, but a powerful faith in the object of that faith, and that is God. Powerful faith in God. And lots and lots of prayers. Not so that God 
will be uh, have to answer them, but because our hearts are right. He's blessing this ministry because we're in the groove. We're in his. We're right there where he wants to be, and we're still. We're not. We haven't reached a destination. We're on a journey, and I want y'all to go on that journey also. That's why you're here. You're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. God led you. You're not listening on the radio by accident. You're not watching online by accident. God wants to do impossible things through you. He's waiting. And it's time for each and every one of y'all to saddle up. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we're glad to be here with you today. God, help us with our unbelief as we ride down that narrow trail with you. God, we believe that all things are possible through your son. And my prayer today is that the cowboy or cowgirl that you've been speaking to today will finally give their lives over into complete and total service to you and you alone. Amen. All right, Ty's going to get back up here and he's going to do something. He's going to give you all some homework. This would not be a clinic. We're not here just to wow you with how good we can quote the Bible or how well we can come up with the sermon or how well we can sing Red Hot Chili Peppers or quote Cars movies. We're here so that you can take these things home and practice them. And Ty's going to bring you something. And we don't talk about this, so I'm interested to see what he's going to say. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to have the microphone last. The real reason I'm up here is Kevin has asked me to interpret the last hour because most of us can't understand Texan. I've been Lightning McQueen. So I've been asked to, since I've been hanging around him quite a bit, I'm about 33% fluent in Texan now. So I'm, I'm going to help you guys with that. But <clears throat> no, he's asked me to kind of, to in case you were sleeping. See, this is the problem. Now, now that he asked, he's asking me to do this, I can't sleep through the sermon anymore. But in case you were, just just a couple things to take with you this week as you go out and and face this big old world. Let's let's all first of all strive for impossible lives. Uh, we have an opportunity here to to not be normal. <laughs> well, most of us aren't normal, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but in a good way, okay? Let's not all be creepy, but, but uh, let's go out there and live that impossible life, okay? I love this part. Let's concentrate on God as the object of our faith. Um, I like that deal of, of positive thinking doesn't, doesn't do it. It's got to be the object. It's got to be Him. He's got to be the center um, and not us. It, it, that leads to selflessness and not selfishness, which is a good theme for the holidays anyway. And let's, let's see how many prayers we can get out from Kiowa, Colorado this week. I want, I want on God's GPS for there to be a big blinking light, right? When he looks down and says, man, what's going on in Kiowa this week? What, what are all these prayers? Okay, let's, let's blow it up with prayers and, and, and think about maybe how we go about doing that. I mean, Kevin kind of laid out a, a, an outline of, of, of a biblical way to do that. So uh, this week, let's, let's see how many prayers we can get out there. And, and you can pray for whatever you want. I pray for that my new puppy lets us sleep every night this week. Lord, just, just be with us this week and, and really help us to... to Live for you and, and have you first in our, in our thoughts and minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.